Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to TV House, another Watchmen recap, the penultimate episode. It's almost upon us, the finale of Watchmen. It, that means it's almost time to put Watchmen on our top 10 list of 2019. I'm so excited <laughs> for that. Guys, you may remember PJ Campbell is out of town. He went to the Schmodown Spectacular over the weekend. I think currently he's actually waiting at the airport. His flight was delayed six hours. He's going to hang in New York City. So that means I had to recruit some help. Austin Burke did the Mandalorian recap and uh, Movie House with me. Definitely check that out. We talked about the report, Marriage Story, most importantly, and Queen and Slim. That's up right now. But I couldn't get PJ and I couldn't get Watchmen. Or uh, <laughs> I couldn't get Watchmen. No, the Watchmen could not show up for this. I couldn't get PJ and I couldn't get Austin. So I went <laughs> into the Sight and Sound camp. To, That's right. To introduce this guy to to the world in Schmo's know, I'm literally, I am literally going to be responsible for his internet fame because of this. Yeah, you guys will love my friend. Look, he's old news to me. I've known him for like 15 years, but yeah, I'm excited to introduce all of you to the glory that is Brando <laughs> Hall. Brando, what's up, man? <laughs> So all of you are about to hate me. Um, no, I <laughs> known Ryan for a long time. Uh, met him as Sayosin boy uh, back in the day. <laughs> in fact, he's the king of basketball shorts and football thighs. That's right. I'm very excited to be here. I actually didn't know this was uh, going to be on TV House. So very cool to make my uh, my grand entrance. Yeah. To uh, the schmoes. Yeah, for sure. There's there's several reasons why you're perfect for this podcast. For one, of course, you're just an outside perspective. Me and PJ have been covering this entire season, so it is super mm. uh, refreshing uh, to have another voice on here. So you're the first guest on the Watchmen recaps, so there's that. Mm. Um, you and I have a history of discussing and debating Damon Lindelof television. We recorded a <laughs> uh, podcast together on Sight and Sound that was all about the leftovers. We fight right. and we fight about... Damon Lindelof and all of his Lindelofisms. That's right. But you do it respectfully. 
Like you, you actually really appreciate every Lindelof show, but that also yes. that doesn't mean that doesn't imply that you love every single little thing about them, though, right? Yeah, I actually referred to Lindelofing as a verb. It's for when you have the a great thing and then you destroy it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, yeah. see, so. we can laugh at this. I don't agree at all with what Brando just yeah. said, but it's all good. It's all good because <laughs> we're friends. And yeah, it, it's not it's not like it's an uncommon thing for you to think that. I don't agree with you at all, but I, I know right. that that's how you feel about that kind of stuff. So why why Watchmen? Um, if I recall correctly, you actually just binged everything leading up until this point this past week. Is that correct? That's very correct. So tell me, tell me briefly a little bit, a little bit about that journey, and maybe your hesitation getting into the show, or or maybe there wasn't hesitation. I don't know. Tell me about that journey real quick. Yeah. So when the show was announced, I was so excited, and then when it was announced that Lindelof was handling it, <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Still, shockingly, I was a little nervous, a little cautious. Not gonna lie, mm. but I know that Lindelof can build a world. And the Watchmen needs someone like that running things. But then I found out that it was not going to be an adaptation of the comic and in protest <laughs> refused to watch it. What? And I was like, yeah, because I, I was hoping for, you know, <clears throat> we got the, uh, the movie, the Snyder movie. Mm. And I thought that was okay. I'm a huge fan of the original comic. It was actually my entrance into graphic novels was The Watchmen. Okay. I had a buddy let me borrow it. Really, really liked it. Really connected with Rorschach, which I don't know what that says about me. But then the Snyder movie I thought was fine. Um, it definitely didn't stick to all the content. But I think nostalgia just kicked in. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm seeing everybody I've always dreamed of seeing. <laughs> uh, and then I heard about the show. Everybody was chatting about it. I was really excited. And then I think you were the one that said, Brando, it's not a direct adaptation of the graphic novel. Mm. And I was like, what? And then I went and read about it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And then to find out that Alan Moore, the guy who wrote it, was like, I don't want to have anything do fish. And so I was <laughs> like, this is going to be a trash heap. But I uh, was very wrong. And so far in my binge, Holy crap, what a show. Yeah, I think that's the uh, general consensus here as well. Also on Sight and Sound, when Jay and I talk about this, we recap it. I don't know if you listen to those or not, but we've kind of already solidified that that Watchmen is definitely top five show of the year, like without question. And I yeah. also believe that Watchmen single-handedly has the best episode of television contained inside of it. So I do want to ask you, What's your favorite episode up until this point? It would have been two episodes ago. Yeah. The one with when Lady Knight takes the Sister Knight memory pills. Yeah. Sister Knight, excuse me. Yes. Uh when <laughs> she is a lady when she takes those what are the pills called? Uh nostalgia. Nostalgia. When she takes all those and they go through that journey, I was like, holy crap. It reminded me a lot of the Leftovers episode uh, Assassin. International in Assassin. In that it's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a contained thing that's separate from the rest of the show, 
but it's it, it's still in, incredible TV. I really really love that episode. You're actually spot on. So that is the episode that I I referred to. I think it's the best episode of television this year. You're absolutely yeah. right about. I, I picked up on the international assassin comparisons too. I couldn't talk about it with PJ though, so I'm not going to spoil what happens in the leftovers, guys. But if uh, if you haven't seen it, maybe just like skip forward 30 seconds, a minute or so. But I couldn't bring it up to PJ last week just because he hasn't seen The Leftovers. We, st- oh, we, we started it right before he left on his trip. But uh, I, yeah, I was talking to him about how th- the end of the episode prior to what we're speaking to, when she actually downs all the pills, reminded me very much of maybe the, one of the best, one of my favorite as a fan TV moments in history is the end of the episode when Kevin Garvey um, is in the trailer and just again spoilers skip ahead 30 seconds give me a new chance here I go dies yeah that moment it's maybe one of my it's definitely probably one of my most favorite moments watching Watchmen or excuse me Leftovers but maybe overall it's one of my favorite TV moments but anyway that's what it reminded me of. I didn't think she was going to die or anything like that, but just, you know, paralleled each other very much. And then fo- yeah. following that moment, we got an incredible episode that completely changed, recontextualized the entire series for us. So I'm glad to hear that you uh, that you said that. Um, do you have anything else uh, kind of leading up until what we're about to talk about here today before? Uh, I, I'm sure you're the kind of guy you like to get shit off your chest. So now's the time. <laughs> so yeah i i think they've handled it really well first episode i'm like what is happening but I, after that first episode i think i watched four in one night hmm. and then finished the rest within the, the next two days i think they've handled the the original characters super well I was originally put off that Rorschach became the face of white supremacy <laughs> um, because that that I have a history of with white supremacy problematic <laughs> no with pro- liking problematic characters and uh, so I thought that was interesting. I love the way they're handling Ozymandias, who's Adrian Vate. Um, I loved the way they handled Blake. Mm. Um, or the S- Spectre, what was her uh, Watchmen? She would have been uh, Silk Spectre 2, right? Yeah. Uh, I really liked the way they handled that. Um, you know, we were all looking forward to, to seeing Dr. Manhattan after Blake was in that um, phone booth, which that's the only thing that's bothered me so far. Is It's 2019 in the show, and... Phone booth? Don't uh, Some stop. Mars? Stop. The, think of it this way. I, I think of it like yeah. it's literally a phone booth, but I think of it more like a confessional. That's what I thought of immediately. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you have it in the church yeah. that you work at, Brando, but us Roman yeah, Catholics they have FaceTime have... for that now, <laughs> Snelling. <laughs> FaceTime confessionals. The, the, so... the Roman Catholics invented FaceTime, Brando. <laughs> That's the right. Confessional. <laughs> Yeah, and then Fleabag ruined it. But um, I think, yeah, that's the only time I was like, couldn't you do that on your phone? Okay, all right, settle But, yeah, other than that, you know, I just have really liked the way they've handled uh, the new characters, the old characters. I really love Mirror Face, 
uh, looking glass. Yeah. Um, I, I've just had a blast watching this show and seeing some truly, I think, phenomenal performances from the actors. Um, and so I, yeah, I just, I love the show. My only qualm again is with the phone booths. Um, <laughs> so stupid. So far. Such a dumb problem. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> well, you're a dumb problem. Um, yeah, I just really, uh, I really love this show. I'm really glad to hear that because, again, this is the first time that you and I have ever talked about Watchmen. Um, so it's that's really, really yeah. cool. That it seems like we're we're very much on the same page. If uh, we want to kind of bridge the gap here and talk about the uh, episode at hand, uh, the penultimate episode, A God Walks Into a Bar, I believe is the title of this episode. I uh, It's been about an hour since since we completed the episode, so I've had a little time to sort of read the room and engage reactions and, and read some articles about you know what all went down just to kind of make sure that I understood every bit of it, and I feel like I do. Um, I, I do get a sense that this is this is an episode of television that I think so far everybody seems to be enjoying more than me. But what I will say, I, I, I find myself, I don't know that I enjoyed the episode as much. That doesn't mean that I think it's bad. I, I just think people love this thing way more than I do. It does remind me of some really great episodes of television. This is the constant, if you will. Like if two episodes ago was the international assassin, this episode is the constant, yeah. one of the best episodes of, of lost. And, uh, I just find myself appreciating this episode more than actually like loving it. And I'm, I'm willing to accept that. Like sometimes I'm just not on the same page with everybody, but it's, yeah. it's not because it's out of malice or I'm upset with it or anything like that. I don't know. I just don't know if I took to every single little thing, uh, the way that some of the stories, some of the reveals were executed. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not tremendously crazy about it, but I do, I do appreciate it. And it obviously is like pivotal and crucial and it, it gave us a lot of uh, important information and it does recontextualize the episode. I mean, it addresses things going back to the very first episode, uh, dealing with Will Reeves and, and hanging Judd Crawford, like all of that's in there, all of it's in there, but, um, just, just watching it. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat or anything. So, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you, uh, are you on the same page as me or are you just beside yourself? Loving no, this I loved it. Yeah. And here's the reason you don't, you didn't like it or didn't, it, it it's not your favorite. It's because you've never felt the pangs of love. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I, so I cried in this episode. Um, oh, that's honestly, I, I'm not making fun of you. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this episode to me, I, I'm with you for most of the episode. Mm. Um, I felt like, Oh, you know, this is a lot of like knowledge and information. I love the interaction they're having. I love that, you know, we're about to get to know more about John. It's really the first time we're like learning about him in the show in a way other than he's been gone and he ghosted Blake. Um, but other than that, like they're sitting at a table and they're telling a love story. I loved that love story. I love that he, the, the only, <laughs> the only terrible thought I had is if you're a God, you you gonna pick one woman? 
Um, <laughs> and that's just because I'm a terrible human in the show. I'm a one woman man in real life uh, because it's the only person I can have. Um, but I did think it was incredibly romantic that uh, that God, essentially this, you know, blue man uh, gave up his God powers to be with someone. And I thought that was incredibly interesting. And the why made sense later. Like initially I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Um, and then, you know, he tells a story about being in Europa and you know, all that stuff. I just, I, I found with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The incredibly touching that he gave it all up all a Nicolas Cage and City of Angels to be with a woman and experience love and experience it without uh, the powers that have always got him in trouble in past relationships, which is knowing everything, experience everything. Had he said, I'm experiencing it right now, one more time in this episode, I was going to throw my glass of wine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I really resonated with the episode, but it was slow coming. There was a turn about midway through where I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah, I actually respect that a lot. And I definitely see what you're talking about. It's a very interesting it's, it, it's a very interesting place that they took Dr. Manhattan. Probably, do you think this is the most... Um, like if there's an episode that recontextualizes or maybe supplements the graphic novel more is it fair to say that it's probably this one just because we've addressed oh. so much more of dr manhattan's story yeah easily and if you've read the comic this same interaction has happened with dr manhattan not the table conversation but the relation like the the plays of the relationship mm -hmm. you know getting in arguments because he already knows what you're going to say how infuriating would that be if you thought you were right and then there's someone who is literally god who is like you're wrong <laughs> you know how do you how do you, you can't argue with that so yeah. i get how frustrating that could be and that's all in the comic um so yeah i thought it also gave great backstory it's a little different than you know what happened in the comic but i think that's fine you know the whole german little boy watching two people you know sheboinkin mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was incredible if you haven't noticed guys i'm just gonna let brando talk because i'm i'm sure that his his sensibilities and his reactions mirror more <laughs> of what you guys are thinking so <laughs> i'm just good with asking brando some questions here but I'm glad to hear you say that, too, because, you know, we've seen Adrian almost every episode up until this point. So I really like yeah. that you seem to have gotten more out of this Dr. Manhattan story than everything that's been done with Adrian so far. And I just think that's a testament to how Damon has served the the pre-existing fandom. So, like, it's something that our friend Kevin said to me, uh, I think yesterday, he, he said that he was shocked at how much I'm taking to the series because I'm not 
a pre-existing Watchmen fan. Um, I, I don't agree with that necessarily, but I did understand sort of where he was coming from. Just just that he was surprised is all. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. You know. I, I think. I think calling Kevin a friend is very generous of you. <laughs> I, I really do I'm love Kevin, but um, I do too. But uh, I, I, I don't agree with what he said, but I understand why he said it. I, I think it's he's kind of discounting the Lindelof of it all, how I really uh, respond to his sensibilities, things like that. I mean, yeah. There's just a lot going on, too, that I feel like you don't actually have to know a whole hell of a lot. Uh, it's, it is super inside baseball, but I'm well-read enough to, to understand it. But uh, yeah, I think... What everything that you just spoke to, the thing that you love the most, is probably the thing that I understand the least. So I'm not going to bash it. I I need you to help me work this out a little bit because I think I I was not sold on the love story at all, and I think it actually hinges entirely on the fact that you've never been in love. That, but also <laughs> Angela said to herself in this episode that she hates Doctor Manhattan. Because he is responsible yeah. for the death of her parents, and it it just it ha- after she says that vocally, it just happens so fast, as if we're willing to uh, we're just supposed to be willing to accept that whole thing, and maybe just the idea that the entire episode seems to hinge on that. You just talked about how important this episode was to you because of the love story. I, I didn't even buy into it from from minute one, so. And definitely up until this point, Angela and Cal, uh, I, I never remember the actor's name, but their relationship up until this point doesn't really sell the love story either. Like they have passionate sex, but because I'm so like, I understand why I'm disconnected from that character because it's, it's Dr. Manhattan in a costume, but yeah. it, it's a, it's a neutered shut down Dr. Manhattan, somebody who doesn't know where the hell he came from. He has amnesia. I understand why he's just a robot, but at the same time, I'm just telling you I haven't been invested. So I, I'm definitely not buying yeah. into a couple that I haven't even been invested into up until this point. Then the reason you give me as to why I'm supposed to be invested doesn't kind of make sense with the whole he killed her parents, not directly, but he's responsible for killing her parents. So so yeah, walk me strange. through that. Help me out with this. So I now I I do love the episode, but there are some problems um the first is like that whole story and she tells about the puppeteer and then he would eventually go and kill her parents um that to me was a stretch because i mean the vietnam war was happening anyway and they were gonna probably die anyway so like i get that they're star clock uh, star-crossed lovers or that like there was a big hindrance to them getting together but the moment and I think she never really believed that he was Dr. Manhattan at first mm. um, even when he produced that egg like Chris Angel Mind Freak could do that right. you know um, so I think it took her a minute to finally buy it um, and that when she did she was intrigued enough to at least hear him out um, I mean you know, you hear stories all the time. Now it's not as deep as like you indirectly had my parents killed and you're 30 years older than me. Um, but you do hear stories where like two people who you wouldn't think would ever get together because of history get together. Um, so I didn't, that wasn't a big hindrance to me. 
the Cal thing that you're talking about, I get because he's just a good man and he does what Angela wants at all times. Um, but I get the fact that you, when you called him basically a, a neutered Dr. Manhattan, um, I think that's, that's accurate. I think that's a little bit of a, uh, a weak point. The, the bigger weak points to me happen after they're in love, right? Like that he can't see something. He needs Adrian to do something that he can't do. He lacks imagine like all of that. Like he literally created life on a planet and he can't invent something that would restrict him from doing something like that part didn't make sense to me. Um, what do you think of all that? Um, I don't know really, honestly, I, I think it again, I, I, I feel like I understand Dr. Manhattan as a character and I referenced him many a times when talking about game of Thrones because yeah, Dr. Manhattan and Bran are the same type of motherfucker and they're so, no. they're so annoying to me sometimes like <laughs> I, I I like Dr. Manhattan more but he's got the Branisms and Bran has the Dr. Manhattanisms like I've been comparing those characters for for a few years now and uh, I, I think it does help in a way that it, it helps in a way I feel like he can actually like have a conversation with the characters around him whereas like Bran never could when he went full Bran in the last two seasons <laughs> so it's a little bit more watchable in that way but and everyone else around him is actually doing such a great job too and you know there's the whole watchman of it all like seeing Dr. Manhattan and, and Adrian coming together it's easy to get caught up in that kind of stuff um, I, yeah. I, I think like you and you're more well versed in the watchman you know, fandom. I I understand that you don't quite fully understand it, and maybe I don't either, um, because of that. So, I I appreciate again appreciates the key word here, the the information that we got. But it was very. You saw a love story unfolding when they were sitting across the table. I saw what's called a Johnny the Explainer scene, which PJ and I talked about. Uh, I use that term because that's actually from the mouth of Damon Lindelof. He talks about how, like in The Matrix, when uh, the architect is sitting in the chair and just like yeah. dumps the information dump that he provides to Neo. That's the that's what I felt for a lot of that. Now, the screenwriting rule show don't tell. They do show a lot of the story, but right. at the same time, I just wasn't. I I didn't like. The ex exposition dumped. I was more fine with it when we actually did go out into the field and explore, see him interact with Adrian and, and Will Reeves and things like that. It was just a balancing act the entire time. It, I, it wasn't fully like, I'm loving this entire thing. So the execution is really my my concern here. Um, is that I just... Yeah. I, I wish there was a better way. But here's the thing, too. And it sacrifices, I think, the, the the format and the structure and the integrity of this episode, kind of going back to what we said about the constant. What I appreciate and I, I get and I understand is that this episode is supposed to feel like all of it is happening at once, even though that's impossible on, on a linear plane when an episode begins at 0000 and ends at... You know, an hour 
six, whatever, from point A to point B. That's not how Dr. Manhattan experienced his time. But as well as they could, they jumbled it all together. And that's what makes this episode so unique and creative and fun. Um, I, I, I just think that maybe that's just the part that I simply did not respond to as well. But I, again, appreciate it. Yeah, I, st- I think I experienced it through Angela. And so I hear what you're saying, that it's all supposed to be happening at once, and it is for him. Yeah. <clears throat> now, that's a concept you boy can understand because hashtag man of the faith, uh, <laughs> God is omnipotent, whatever. Uh, but I experienced it through Angela. Um, I, I think that's just who I attached to and like how, how I could make it make sense in my uh, futile brain. Um, but so I still saw it as history, past, future, rather than all simultaneously happening. Even though that's what Dr. Manhattan says is happening, that's not how I interpreted you know, right. what they showed us. That's fair. I, uh, mm. I think I'm getting my comeuppance today because <laughs> I, I saw someone on Facebook post that, that they didn't like the Irishman, which is okay. I thought that movie was fine. Uh, other people, it's fine. Other people like that movie way more than I do. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. But they're turds. I loved the de-aging and I think it's the best use of de-aging I've ever seen in my life. And this person that I'm referring to said that it was terrible de-aging, which I just flat out do not agree with at all. And it baffled, yeah. it just baffles me that someone has that thought. It really does. My comeuppance today, watching this episode, I I saw Dr. Manhattan for the first time. The the first reveal of of Black Manta in blue paint. And uh, didn't like it. I didn't buy the look of Dr. Manhattan. I wasn't I wasn't on board, really. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to get on the internet, and everyone is going to agree with me. And it's going to be the first <laughs> time everyone decides that Watchmen completely missed the boat on bringing Dr. Manhattan to the small screen. I get on the internet and not a single person has brought up the appearance of Dr. Manhattan. So I'm dying to know how you felt about this reveal because I, I just, I, I wasn't crazy about the look of him. I really wasn't. Yeah. People say that about you. Um, <laughs> I, I, and me. Um, I, I think, there were some problematic Dr. Manhattan moments uh, in appearance, like the total CG Dr. Manhattan when he's glowing blue. Mm. Uh, <laughs> terrible. It looked, it did not look real. Yeah. It looked super fake because it was. Yeah. Um, again, these are TV budgets, but I don't care. Uh, I thought, there were moments where I thought Dr. Manhattan looked good when he was just in the blue paint. I thought, okay, when they made him glow some of the time it was okay. And some of the time it was a CW superhero show bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Especially the first time he glows. I'm like, Oh God, (laughs) this is awful. Um, and I was like, is it going to be like this the whole time? (laughs) Um, 
so I'm with you there, but I didn't mind just the blue paint. I minded the total CG glowy looks like a video game. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in contrast to everything else that has been, you know, very good. So it, it, yeah, I'm with you. It was just very strange because I, I think Billy Crudup in the Watchmen movie actually looks really damn good. And maybe it was never mm-hmm. going to be as good as that based on the budget, but right. There was just something about, and maybe, maybe it's my fault for having, having Billy Crudup in my head because, you know, Dr. Manhattan doesn't have to look like Billy Crudup, but at the same time, when he's not glowing and CGI and doesn't have just straight up white eyelids, it does look like someone <laughs> painted blue. And yeah, he his eyebrows I thought looked very like way too prominent. And uh, I know this is like shitty nitpicks, I, and I get that. But uh, also like Doctor Manhattan has like dark circles under his eyes. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He doesn't really have, like, they're very subtle, but they, they're just, like, so subtle it looks like mascara. Like, it doesn't actually look like he has the 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 rings. Yeah. Rings, not the word I want, but the black eye. So, there was just something very this guy's painted blue about it. And uh I don't know. I just I just wasn't crazy. And but I also don't I, I like I don't know what I would have preferred. You know what I mean? Maybe this is just the way you have to do it. Uh maybe they could have just maybe figured out maybe they could have soniced the the CGI Dr. Manhattan if you will. <laughs> maybe figured out another concept. I don't know. But I I just was yeah. kind of like, eh. I don't care for that. Yeah, it took me out of it for a second. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, I do think his looks were inconsistent. Like mm. in one scene, it would be fine and he would have the guy liner on. Okay. But then in another scene, you couldn't tell. In some scenes, his eyes were glowing white and some scenes they weren't. Right. Um, so like there are little inconsistencies like that that didn't really bother me per se. Um, but I definitely see what you're talking about in terms of, especially with how incredible, uh, Snyder did with, you know, handling Dr. Manhattan, at least his look yeah. in uh, the movie. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some of, uh, the, the connections mm. to Adrian real quick. So we know that Dr. Manhattan spent some time on Europa and created life. He essentially is responsible for everything that we've seen up until this point with, with Adrian. So yeah, I forget the guy's name, but like Crookshanks, they're actually like the, the first version uh, of those were Adam and Eve. There were Dr. Manhattan's yeah. Adam and Eve. And uh, by the way, I thought of you because Dr. Manhattan in the uh, bar set tells Angela that Adam and Eve are fictional characters. And I busted out laughing going, ha 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 Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, controversial take. Yeah, I I think, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, yeah. uh, I mean, let's get Brando fired from his church. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. 
I think it's a story that teaches us things. I don't think they were literal people, but they could have been. I don't know. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, what? Just wanted to laugh at your expense and make fun of your faith. Uh, Perfect. No. Uh, Join the club. <laughs> uh, yeah. Created the environment that Adrian has been in. So the dude is Adam, right? The um, the game warden or whatever that character's name is. That's Adam, right? Yeah. So at, he just like right. became the game warden. <laughs> so, what did you take? So how do you interpret the uh, the baby farm underwater? I, I interpret it as because we didn't really get like a definite answer as to why that was the case, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did, or yeah, I'm right. No, I I mean they didn't really explain it, but I, I think they hinted at what it is. Well, I know what it is. I mean I think that's just how the babies are produced, simply put. But I yeah, it's the idea that what I wanted to ask you, <laughs> the idea that they're not uh birthed and treated well no they're not birthed in well no but they're not birthed from a womb so i'm wondering yeah. if this has anything to do with like is the utopic version of of like creation and human life actually does it actually exist outside of a woman's body like is that just a a, a clever way of addressing like female health issues do you think like is that just a more ideal way if they can figure out how to grow a human outside of the womb without affecting the mother's health? Do you think it's something like that or am I reading it too much into it? No, I think you're reading way too much into it. Is that, wouldn't that be interesting uh, though if that was the case? Sure. Sure. Okay. I mean, I guess. I've seen the miracle of childbirth mm. and the disaster of childbirth twice. <laughs> uh it, it's it's a magical moment, Snelling. Uh, one day, I hope that you get to experience it. I'm not saying it's um, magical. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like it's fine. I don't think that's what they're saying. My one thought was, how pissed do you think uh, Doctor Manhattan would be that he created this utopia, gave it to Adrian Vate, and then he keeps killing these guys <laughs> over and over? Um, Jeremy Irons exceptional yeah i love him so much um he's responsible for two great characters borgia and uh scar uh <laughs> which i i love both equally um and i think he's handling this so well but in a very campy way i don't think that he's a great representation from the comic with how adrian was um you know but i do love this take on him being this wacky mad scientist guy who uses a catapult and a rope to go to space. I mean, he's the smartest guy um, in the world, right? He is. That's right. So why couldn't he, he do uh, all those things? Yeah, it's just silly. Sure. It's just silly goose times. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's more like when that life keeps recreating life. Like when Dr. Manhattan talks about, you know, making the waters and then the... Um, the dude, uh, the game warden, is telling, you know, Adrian about I was here when Dr. Manhattan made this stuff. I saw it. I saw when the grass, you know, all that creation story of Europa. And he's like, you know, I was there like when life and literally came up out of the water and it just keeps happening. Um, so I don't know if like they're just trying to fill that utopia. Um with P 
people that would always praise you. I think that's why Dr. Manhattan said he left, right? Um, because like they were just made to help others and be selfless. But. Yeah. That's uh and yeah, that's that's what's so interesting about the ethics of Dr. Manhattan. I've always been curious about is that he's he's not he's all knowing, but he makes mistakes like that. And yeah. Honestly, I think it's it's fascinating more than anything because we also had to deal with another thing that was set up in this episode, the, the the idea that Dr. Manhattan could potentially transfer his powers to someone else. So I want to know how you feel about this as as a long-term Watchmen fan because I, I guess I'm just fascinated. It's not really a critique, but the idea that Dr. Manhattan, like maybe he's... There has to be a portion of him that understands that he should not be. Um, yeah, and and that's I think part of why he fell into the whole tunnel of love and how he you know put himself in timeout. And I, but I I just think he knows that. That's that's my impression. Think- so the idea that he wouldn't be ethically compromised by giving his powers to somebody else. I wonder if that's just like this weird cyclical thing that we can't break now that we have this kind of character. Like, what does that mean to you? I just think Lindelof watched too much of the OA. Uh, I, I don't think, I think it's a plot device that will come up later as an easy way for him to transfer his powers and to die. Um, like the whole time this episode where he was saying it ends in tragedy, mm-hmm. I'm not thinking he dies. I'm thinking she does. Okay. Um, and so that's what I think is going to happen. Or he will give up his life and she will take it. Because, yeah, it's th- there has to be more to it than that, oh, Dr. Manhattan's about to go bye-bye. Um so that's what I was expecting to happen when when she ran out to fight that horde of racists. Um, and then I was like, oh, she's going to die here. And that's the tragedy he was talking about. And then Dr. Manhattan like lazily waltzes out, <laughs> like taking his sweet time, making his waffles. Number one, you can create life, but you can't immediately make an ego. <laughs> like, um, why are you hungry? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because in the comics, he never got hungry or he would eat and drink, but it didn't do anything. Right. I think that's true. Right. So, yeah, I thought that there's got to be more to that transference of power because mm-hmm. um, they spent a good second on it. Like they spent some time talking they, about they spent that. as much time on that as they did in the first episode. When Cal yeah. and Angela have that exchange where, where Cal says, you don't think Dr. Manhattan can change the color of his skin, can you? Like, it was just that line. And it was a, it was enough to set up everything that we saw on this episode. So, we only have one episode left, but yeah. it, it's, it's likely that that's part of the story. So, I'm just kind of... I'm intrigued by that, and I don't, I don't know why exactly, because I, I think it continues this like sort of problematic ethical mm. uh, qualm, if well, you will. But I'm, I'm not like against it by any means. Yeah, when he's standing on the water, we get the realization that she may have caused this, but she may have caused everything that's happening because of him, and maybe that's what he's realizing. Like the fact that I exist caused this. Um. He never would. She would never would have known she had a grandfather. None of this stuff would have ever happened. But there are evil people who bring 
squids from different in you know galaxies to kill people. Yeah. So the best thing that could happen, and as far as I can tell, tell me if I'm wrong, superheroes and super intellects don't exist anymore. It doesn't seem like in the world. Um, in terms of, because I haven't seen anybody do anything that you couldn't do with training. Um, um, the only, the only question I had, and someone else did too, which makes makes me feel less stupid. There was a scene where the kid, um, the oldest kid, her partner's kid, is playing with that toy in like the first or second episode, and it's levitating. So it it looked like he was you know building it with telekinesis oh yeah but then on a second rewatch i saw that there's like some kind of like maglev system underneath that for whatever reason is causing it to float which i don't i don't really even know what that means like what that has to do with this but yeah that was the first time i was like wait a minute why why is there somebody in this world that has a superpower that's not dr manhattan i did but again that was quickly debunked yeah, and in the comics, I don't think there were a ton, if more than one, superhero. I don't think there was at um, all. That, well, I thought that was the I point. Think, no, you could argue that Mandius with his intellect, that's a superpower. And that's something you're just born with, right? Okay. You gotta, like, you gotta practice, I guess. But, you know, there are people born in this world. You and I know several people from back home that are just... <laughs> never gonna get it you know they're they just weren't born with the same intellect some of that is a gift and so i think for like ozymandias i think for like in the you know physical strength there are people born that are seven foot tall and can dunk a basketball you know that's a gift um so yeah i think some of that but i i don't think it's like necessarily like oh he can fly you know, in the in the original comics, you had your Batman character in, you know, the Night Owl or Owlman. Um, Man, you really don't Rorschach know these characters cr- for somebody who loves the Watchmen so much. No, I just haven't read it in <laughs> years. Okay, I've got two kids. Um, so, yeah, I read a lot of Peter Cottontail. Um, but, yeah, so, I, so maybe that's, maybe you're right. Yeah. About the superheroes. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> how dare you? Are we supposed to assume that maybe you already addressed this, but are we assuming that if he does transfer his powers, he's going to give them to, to Angela? Because you did bring up a good point too, that like, it's very possible that she's the person who dies. Um, just because based purely off the fact that the show is over after next week, as far as we know, Damon doesn't have season two. Yeah. So, Anybody could go. It's it's it could be a finite story. So there is no season two yet. No, he he said he wrote this without considering season two. Like it's not unless HBO demands it's it. It's a contained story. It, it, unless HBO demands it, but that doesn't mean that he's even going to be involved at all. Yeah. So he'll leftovers to it anyway. Stop. Um. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately have no idea what you mean by that, which is so stupid. But cause no, leftovers two. Okay, leftovers one, completely different cast of characters than leftovers two. At least the main, right? No. Oh, who's who, okay? Who's the main characters in leftovers two? Like the season two. Yeah, the Garveys. 
No. Yes. Uh. They are still the main characters and the central thread of that entire show. The African-American family. They are not the main characters, Brando. What? Well, then you're just living in a fantasy world. No, I'm not. Anyway, back back to me being correct. <laughs> um, like all the time. I think... Uh, I Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do in season two. I hope they do get it. Well, actually, I hope they don't because... We saw what happened with Big Little Lies. Um, as, as far as we know, think, season two uh, is not going to be a thing. Yeah. So Adrian's coming back. Okay. He got his little horseshoe. He's happy about it. He's going to get back somehow. My prediction. Mm-hmm. And the senator, racist boy, is going to go down hard. Mm-hmm. Uh,. But something is going to happen. Dr. Manhattan at le- either won't exist the way he is now or Sister Knight won't exist the way she is now. One of those, he says it ends in tragedy. And given the fact that he knows, like, he, there's just a short period he can't see, I think he's going. And I think she's either going to get his power or she goes and then he leaves. Well, the short period. Those are the two kind of scenarios I see. The short period that he can't see is when he has the device in his head. So we already know what that is. I know. Right. I know. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he he doesn't say it ends in tragedy and then gets great again. He says it ends in tragedy. We're going to be together for 10 years mm-hmm. and it's going to end in tragedy. So either he's gone or I think she's gone. Okay. One of the two. That's how it ends in tragedy for them. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit more about Adrian and and John's relationship. Is Adrian jealous of John and his powers? I think yes, because I think even in the comics, Adrian is smarter. Now, Adrian can't see all that John can see, Mm -hmm. but Adrian is smarter than John. Right. Or at least almost I think they're they're the the closest to equals that there are. And so in the, you know, in the show's history, they say that Adrian tried to kill John to get rid of him right. um, because he saw him as a threat to his plan to unite the world in peace. Right. He's like one of those evil geniuses that's like, I must do this so that everyone will get along. You know, he's a Lex Luthor. Um, so. Yeah, their relationship is strange, and it's also strange that we haven't seen them interact more, and that basically everything we're getting, you know, is from this. I've I've been wondering the whole time, like, where is Adrian? Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell it's not on Earth, but you don't know where he is. So we finally learned that, and I don't know. It seems like, number one, if someone who tried to destroy me had a box... And he's like, no, it'll be fine. Just, you know, take it. There has to be some kind of disconnect. You know, that was another plot hole. Like, if your arch enemy gave you something and he's like, oh, it'll be fine. It just shuts down a part of your brain. Um, You know, and then you're like, okay. Uh, And you just put it on. That was a little weird to me. What, What do you think of that whole interaction where John goes to visit Adrian in Antarctica or whatever? I mean, I liked it. I I understand what you're saying. I didn't have that thought initially. Um, I think th- mm. I think th- I I could have 
benefited more so from having read the book with that scene specifically just because yeah just because I didn't have the uh I didn't have the same feeling as I got when say Jon Snow reunites with with Sansa because I knew what it meant Ugh. I knew what it meant to those characters in that moment. I didn't exactly know what it meant to those characters when they saw each other in this episode. So it just wasn't very yeah. affecting to me. So I probably just didn't make out uh, nearly as much as uh, people like you did from that. Yeah. So it was, it was good. And it was interesting, <clears throat> but it was quick. Yeah. I mean, they have to handle so much so quickly to wrap stuff up. And I don't think they're going to wrap everything up because hashtag Lindelof, <clears throat> but I do think they will, I, I, I have high expectations and hopes, and I think they're going to deliver on this last episode. I think we're going to leave feeling maybe not good, <laughs> but we'll feel satisfied. Yeah. Um, that's my hope, at least. And it'd be a first for Lindelof. It would be a great win to put in his belt. Um, and I just think everything so far has been... I did think that... If you if you watch the season, I think there's a little bit of lull in the Lady Night trilogy of episodes, which I would call these um, these past three. Um, there was a little bit of a okay, we get it. Come on, let's. I want to learn what's going on with you know. There's no real. You never see the story from Rorschach people's point of view. Do you know what I mean? Like in how like. In the wire, you'll get both the cops and the bad guys right. kind of points of view through their interactions alone. You never see someone that's a part of the Seventh Calvary just talking to other members of the Seventh Calvary. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I actually like that a lot. I've compared the Seventh Calvary ever since I saw the very first trailer to this show. I was reminded of the Guilty Remnant, the GR. So that's that's one thing that is very much missing. We we got a lot of the GR and what or uh, in leftovers, but very little the Seventh Cavalry. Just really that seed yeah. in the mall. Honestly, I I like that. I I wish there was a little bit more to that as well. I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world, but I would have appreciated it without a doubt. Yeah, they're who we know the least about, but I think it's on purpose. I don't think it was a, like an a, uh, an aftersight. I don't think it was something that they were like, oh, we totally forgot. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I think it's on purpose, but I would have liked to see some of them. We just know right now they're the baddies because they're the baddies. Yeah. And with the conversations that they've had that they want to, you know, it's gone way too far to the left. It's hard for a white man in America. <laughs> you know, they're really diving deep on that. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of this plays out and the cast and characters, because we've kind of left a few behind. And I would really like to see, you know, uh, I, th you know, did. So let me ask you this question. So here's a big miss if this is true. After every credit scene in this show, is there another scene? Mm. Or is this the first? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the first. PJ and I have okay. uh, tried to stay on top of that, and we've always just seen previews for next week's episode. So I think this was the first one. Gotcha. So I hadn't even watched the previews because I wanted to go in kind of blind. Um, And so this was the first time I watched that. And... 
so we know that we're going to see more from Blake. She's in the the trailer. Mm. We know, you know, I'm wondering if we're going to see Looking Glass. Are we going to see Red Soviet or whatever his name is? Um, kind of the cast and crew from the first few episodes. I would love to see, you know, a big police presence in this episode. I think at first I hated the yellow masks and now I love them. Yes. And so there's something just creepy, scary, eerie, like what greater social commentary will this end on given that this whole thing is wrapped up in, you know, the political landscape that we're in right now, as was the original Watchmen, which I find, you know, which is a great correlation to make. You know, it was all about Reagan and, you know, the moral police and all this stuff. And now it's about, you know, the terrible mob of people that Trump has inspired. Um, so, yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see how they're going to wrap this thing. up. Uh, I have a lot of faith. I think they are going to wrap it up. I think this episode distanced me from Lady True more than anybody else. Because like, yeah, same. last week we were like, oh, we I think we got to get like we were theorizing what the, the clock was all about. Um and this episode, maybe it was just because it was a lot. There was a lot going on this week that I kind of like feel furthest away from Lady True than I've ever felt. So I can't wait to see how all of that ties together next week. I no, I think all of it's going to come together very well, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see all of all of the aspects of the show that I've enjoyed so much. I love the police stuff, the Seventh Cavalry, yeah. looking <clears throat> looking glass, like you said. Um, I think it's going to be really good, man. I really, really do. <clears throat> so. And now that I'm thinking about it, Lady True is basically Osmandius. Um, but now, right? Uh, we don't know much about Lady True other than that she's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Same with Ozymandias. That she's brilliant. Same as Ozymandias. And that she's had interactions with the grandfather and John somehow, and that she warned Sister Knight about it. So there has to be some kind of correlation there as well. I'm wondering, is she going to play a more nefarious role, or is she going to be on the good team? Mm-hmm. I think she's we'll an ally. See. I think she's an ally for yeah. sure. I think she's a really good shrouded in mystery character who's raising her mom, <laughs> um, if that's true. And we know that she can clone babies um, and make babies happen. And that relates to how John made kids. Yeah. Made those, you know. Kind of. Basically, one of my favorite scenes in this show so far is when Adrian's going out fishing for babies. (laughs) And he picks some up and throws them back. It's such a heartless scene, yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's it's really funny. So I, I'll be really interested to see what they do with all of that. Maybe there's more cloning that will come into play in this last episode. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I kind of told PJ last week. I was like, it's I'm kind of under the impression there's like two different ways to do that. Like, yeah, it seems like they farm babies in water on Europa. <laughs> But also, like, Lady True has her way of cloning her mother. But there's no way that it's the same, or maybe it is. We just haven't seen it illustrated properly. Oh. But it just seems like there's two ways to do that. We need to talk about the elephant. I know. 
What the hell is that about? They talked about it again in this episode. Right. Right. What is it? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I got a little annoyed last week. Um more than ever have before. I got annoyed by the elephant, and I got annoyed with the uh, yeah. the courtroom scene with Adrian and the pigs. I was just like, uh, uh, "Stop this! Like this is silly." Yes, I got I got really annoyed last week. It just it literally did yeah. nothing for Adrian. And yeah, what are you laughing? When at? I saw the elephant the first time, I went, "Oh god, here we go! The show's turning right here." Had that elephant spoke to them, I was going to freak out <laughs> and turn the TV off. Uh, so the elephant has to have somebody's soul in it or something. And my God, I don't want that. Well, it supposedly will. But, that's that's who it is. That's who she went to go see is Will. But it, he was a fucking elephant. But we've seen him not an elephant and he can walk. And he's over 100. Mm-hmm. This it's silly goose time. I I want to know what's up with the elephant. I hope they t- if they don't, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> but I'm hoping that we we find out what's up with Dumbo, and uh, they have an Operation Dumbo drop where we figure out, you know, all that information. But who knows? This show's nuts in the best way. Definitely my favorite TV show of the year so far, and we'll see if uh, Lindelof Lindelof's it. Guys, let's see if we can get Brando to come back next week for the finale because that was actually a fantastic discussion. I had no idea that you were a fan of Watchmen up until this point. So what a nice surprise. Yeah. What a nice surprise. Right? I'm full of those. That's right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us yet again for another recap. That was episode eight, the penultimate episode. It's exciting. I I wasn't I liked the episode a lot on paper. I uh, wasn't thrilled with how they executed everything, but it's all good. I'm excited for next week's finale. And up until this point, you know, this show's just been gangbusters. You're absolutely right. It's just one of the best shows of the year. And uh, I couldn't be more thrilled for Damon and company. And I just think everybody's done such a great job. So cheers to Watchmen. We got one more discussion on it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us this week on TV House. We will be back on Tuesday for an episode of Blu-ray Backtalk. I think Cody and Kieran will be uh, commenting on The Force Awakens. I think they're doing The Force Awakens and Last Jedi leading up to The Rise of Skywalker, so you can watch that with them on Disney+. Plus. Mandalorian Episode 6 recap coming. Movie House. I can't remember what movie we're talking about this week, but we'll figure it out. That Ryan Reynolds, Michael Bay movie will be on Netflix, but I doubt that that's what we discuss. Anyway. Powder. Powder. Yeah, they're going to be talking about Powder. What's Powder? Have you never seen the movie Powder? No. And you're a movie buff. How dare you? It's terrible. You have to see it. With Sean Patrick Flannery and Jeff Goldblum? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Is Jeff Goldblum in the movie Powder Brando? I don't remember, but he's not Powder. He is definitely in a movie called Powder. Also, Mary Powder is basically. Go ahead. It's it's basically Doctor Manhattan, an albino Doctor Manhattan uh, struggles in life. Yeah, that is, <laughs> That's what it is that is what we're talking about. We're talking about the exact same movie, and I'm I see a picture of it now, and it looks absurd. 
But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> where can the people find you online? You can find me on uh, the Sight and Sound feed where I am a co-host of Sight and Sound Music with Jay. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brando Big Mouth. And uh, yeah. What about you? Twitter and Instagram at what up Snell. Brando didn't plug it, but him and Jay just did the top 15 albums Ooh. of the decade. And it was an awesome, right. awesome show that streamed live on Twitch. You can check out the Sight and Sound Twitch channel. Just go to twitch.tv slash Sight Sound Pod for all of our other content. But you can find, uh, since we're post stream, you can find that episode on the podcast feed and the YouTube channel. Just search Sight and Sound. You'll figure it out. You'll see Brando. You'll see Jay. You'll see me. Yeah. What a yeah. what a what a great noise. You got a seagull in your house. Anyway, guys, <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. Peace.